Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, this is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and now happy to be your podcast host, broadcasting from the Casita. And I want to welcome you to this Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution, creators of the most powerful marketing and communication software built specifically to meet the needs of insurance agencies and brokerages. If you believe that the relationship you have with your clients is the heart of your business, and I suspect that you do, then ask yourself, do you owe it to yourself to take a visit and take a look at the new products, the new features, the new upgrades that Agency Revolution is presenting to the industry now? Um, If it's been a while, I think you'll have your mind blown. So buckle up, visit agencyrevolution.com and request a free demo of their award winning software. And again, I want to um, welcome you to this episode of a terrific conversation that I had with Rosalie Donlan. Rosalie is the editor-in-chief of insurance and tax publications at ALM Media. You probably uh, are more familiar with Rosalie uh, or the publications um, as, in her case, editor-in-chief of Property and Casualty 360, national underwriter. Uh, No doubt you have If you're in this industry, you've read content published by ALM through one of those publications. And so um, in this case, uh, our conversation revolves around a partnership um, between ALM and the National Association of Professional Insurance Agents. And um, they have uh, they partnered on a survey, which they've done now for a number of years. And in this case, the survey was particularly useful for the uh, for PIA Nationals uh, Insurance Technology Leadership Advisory Board, of which I am a co-chair. And uh, we are attempting to assess the the mind of the agent in regards to technology, the challenges that agents are experiencing in regards to technology, and looking for ways to bridge the gap, to make uh, useful technologies um, more immediately available for agents to understand the use of technologies in their agency and uh, to clear up some of the confusion about technology in the modern insurance agency. So in this case, uh, Rosalie, uh, takes a, uh, and I take a deep dive into uh, what their survey reveals about how agents are feeling about a fairly turbulent uh, business environment, about a fairly fast-moving business environment, about changes in consumer behavior, and how they can connect with those consumers. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the conversation really speak for itself. I think you're going to find that this is uh, an, an engaging conversation. This is not, not my first podcast conversation with Rosalie. And uh, always find that she is a delightful guest, extremely intelligent, very insightful. In this case, she's armed with knowledge with facts with data <laughs> which which is if you're a longtime listener you know that I, I, I'm a fan of data and, and I know that uh, in so many cases it, it is much easier to get data analysis on uh, consumers JD Power uh, does an excellent job of that um, my recent conversations with Tom super I think we're a testament to that and it's in many cases easier to get data on carriers because the advisory firms well those are they're they're their clients um but when we can get data on agents i tend to jump on it as quickly as i can so i think you'll find this conversation to be insightful revealing and at least uh in regards to my guest an intelligent conversation uh so uh, once again before we move on i will encourage you if you would, be sure to follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn. And if you'd be kind enough, and I promise, um, I, uh, I tend not to waste time on LinkedIn. I try to deliver value and value only. So 
connect with me on LinkedIn and you won't miss out on the groovy stuff that uh, at least come under my observation. So now without further ado, it is a great privilege for me to introduce you to this conversation with my guest, Rosalie Donlan. Rosalie Donlan, thanks so much for joining us again. How are you? Thank you. How are you, Michael? Well, I'm uh, doing grand. Thanks. So, uh, first of all, congratulations on completing, I don't know how many years you've done this, but the agency survey and the technology survey. Uh, uh, this is our fourth year. Fourth year. And is it four years in partnership with the National PIA? Yes, it is. All righty, indeed. So, um, so I, first thing, obviously, I want to do, for people who don't know you, if you take a moment, introduce yourself, and then let's dive into what, uh, what, what the agency world and the community is telling us. So first, Rosalie, you've got a terrific job um, and uh, in, a, in a platform with, that really uh, gives you a, a, a tremendous insight on what's happening in the industry and a great voice to the industry. So how did you get to be where you are? Um started a long time ago as a lawyer, and I consider myself a recovering lawyer. Um, B2B publishing turned out to be a much better career choice um, as a military spouse who was moving from place to place. Uh-huh. My husband spent 23 years in the Coast Guard, and um, as much as I enjoyed it, it did make the career options a little <laughs> more difficult. Yeah, okay. um, and about five Five years ago, I ended up at um, National Underwriter, which was then acquired by ALM. And because of my background as a lawyer and in uh, B2B publishing on the compliance side, I think I have a, a unique position here where I can better explain to insurance industry professionals what they need to understand about the legal underpinnings and the compliance aspects of insurance and translate for non-industry professionals what the key issues are that that carriers especially or brokers or agents Mm -hmm. are concerned about as they deal with their um, constituents. Got it. All righty. So let's take a look at the survey. Uh, This was completed sometime in the last few weeks. Um, And, and, you know, I guess I should say in full disclosure to the listeners, uh, the survey is in partnership with the PIA National Uh, I was asked to co-chair the uh, PIA's um, InsureTech Leadership Advisory Board. And so we've been working to some extent with you um, on this uh, this survey. So, you know, I might have a a little more familiarity with it, obviously, than most of our listeners. But uh, you have uh, published at least three articles with your findings. So let's start kind of big picture. What, what did you see as the most salient things that agents were saying about technology in their agency? Well, Michael, we started the survey with PIA this year and input from the technology committee because we'd heard, um, and, and we made the focus technology because we had heard anecdotally that technology is a significant pain point, especially for independent insurance agents. And we wanted to understand better what that really meant. <clears throat> and we also wanted to know whether there were, there were numbers behind that or, or just anecdotes. Um, and we also wanted to have a better sense of the disruption technology could cause for a particular agency not in the same sense of the bigger picture disruption, but mm-hmm. just especially in terms of day-to-day. What, what does it mean when you're putting new technology in place? How much does that disrupt your day-to-day operation? Ah, okay. So there are a couple of ways to look at disruption. One would be disruption from, let's say, the unfriendly insure techs who want to disintermediate the agency. But then there's also the disruption of buying, purchasing, uh, installing, learning, mastering, uh, new processes, uh, staff, uh, and, and in some cases, staff pushback and, and so forth, right? So there's that kind of dis- disruption as well. Right. Okay. Right. And um, we call them challenges in, in the survey. Uh, that's what we asked about. But um, clearly, whenever you try to bring in something new, even if everybody's on board with it, it's going to disrupt the routine. Um, so the 
interesting question we asked was, what challenges does the agency face when it comes to adopting new technologies? And the agents chose time to manage technology as a major concern. And I think that's important for technology companies to understand that um, as much as we would like everything to be plug and play, it's not. It's not. Right. <laughs> and um, several agents made, mentioned that time to absorb what's needed to make changes, time to rewrite workflows, time to implement, time to even investigate new software or systems was, was really a challenge. And they said that if they were trying to do their jobs every day, sell policies, provide service to customers, understanding technology and what they really needed took an awful amount of time. So my advice to technology companies is keep that in mind, that um, you're not talking to other software engineers when mm -hmm. you go into an agency. And, right. and I think they really need to understand agency workflow. Well, I think I've told this story on this podcast series more than mm -hmm. once, that when I was the CEO of Agency Revolution, so we're going back a few years, one, well, we could go back 10 years, and one thing we discovered was that while we put together, over, it, and it took us a while to do this, a uh, an effective sales process, um, what we discovered is that, w that once we brought somebody into the funnel and we had a, uh, a sales qualified lead, as we would call it in the industry, uh, they didn't have a good buying process because, um, well, in many cases, it really been years and years and years since they'd purchased technology. So um, so I'm not surprised at your finding that insufficient uh, insufficient training is a problem. And then, so then we also discovered not, not only um, was there not a terribly good buying process on the agency side, there wasn't a terribly good internal learning process because technologies were uh, new. So uh, then creating a uh, um, a really effective onboarding process uh, became uh, another challenge that we had to, you know, that we had to face. So, uh, not surprised. So now I'm, I'm curious if uh, the survey may not have demonstrated answers to this, but um, I'm curious whether or not agencies feel they're getting better at that because technologies, while, while there's a tremendous influx of technologies now, it's not like it started yesterday. This has been going on for a few years. Did you get any insight on that? Interesting that you should say that. Uh, our observations with the study and the answers are that technology is not new. Everybody's comfortable with the concept of technology, but what they found was that if you were an agent who worked with multiple carriers, the systems were incompatible. So on top of just the classic implementing new technology, it's pulling in technology from carrier A and carrier B and carrier C, and they don't all talk to each other mm -hmm. necessarily. Right. So the respondents um, said that the that too many varied platforms equal IT headaches and take time away from sales. But that was a, an interesting comment. I, I know, uh, it's, a big, it's a big problem for which uh, sometimes the solution is worse than the problem. <laughs> so, exactly. And, and, and I recognize that there, there is pain there. Um, and uh, we have, you know, a good agency is going to have a reasonably high stack of technology, a reasonably decent technology stack. And typically, they will be uh, comprised of technologies that are uh, built by different vendors, different, different product departments, and so on and so forth. And while some of them might API or talk to others, they're generally not um, conceived by, by the same entity, you know. Uh, and, and yet, uh, to a large extent, this is how innovation happens, right? Innovation happens in the wild, in the field, people creating solutions. At, at some point, indeed, there, knows, there, there needs to be enough ease of use. Um, and over time, the marketplace determines who, who makes it and who doesn't. But uh, a, it's a, I know it's a common problem. Uh, technology is confusing, and they don't all work well together. And that's true pretty much everywhere you will go. And, 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 and uh -huh. as we've heard, 
what I thought was an interesting statement from one of the respondents that, that I would have thought was not necessarily important anymore, but he, the, the agent said, technology doesn't always work with our clients, but we adapt what works. As in, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is I bought, I still have to tinker with it. And I think that's another problem that we assume so many things, because so many things in our personal lives are plug and play, that when it comes to our professional lives, we expect the same kind of ease of use, even though technology to deal with insurance policies and a host of clients is, to me, necessarily complicated. But um, in I think the the two answers there are ideally it would be plug and play, but maybe it needs more customization, and and that is another question I suppose of economies of scale. If you're a smaller size agency, do you feel you have the leverage with a with a technology company to customize what you need to customize, or is that something that will only happen if you are a larger agency? With yeah. greater needs, yeah. um, I don't know the answer to that, but it appears from the the answers we got in the survey that that there's a little of that going on. Got it. Okay. Um, what else, Rosalie? Were, what did you think were like the salient issues that really stood out? Um, the other issue for agents is that on the one hand, carriers are being helpful. But at the same time, carriers are increasing their competition with the agents as they become more and more direct writers of policies themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, one agent de- described it as carriers stealing clients um, because they had the on- because the carrier had an online portal where the right. a buyer or someone filing a claim could go direct. Um, most interesting, hard-hitting comment is. I don't trust carriers at all to look out for my interests as an independent agent, which I think is sad. Was that a common response? Um, it was only it was it was only one one specific individual made that comment, but the general theme of open-ended comments was somewhat distrustful of carriers, somewhat. Um, we have to live with them. I don't like them, but we have to live with them kind of approach. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, so I think that's kind of sad because the history of, of independent agents and carriers has been, I think, a little more positive even 10 years ago where they relied on each other more than they do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to affect how people do business and how they approach the the realm of technology and which carrier partners they choose to work with and which technology partners they choose. Well, it is a turbulent time, and I think we'll, uh, you know, this is an opportunity for carriers to prove the depth and strength of their relationship and commitment to the agency channel. So things will probably shake out uh, in interesting ways over the next few years. Now, I thought that this was interesting. You asked the question, what are the most significant challenges your agency faces? And this wasn't necessarily a technology-related question. This is a general question. Right. And uh, there were a couple of answers. Well, the first two, the one uh, with the most responses, or the two with the most responses. The first one was competition from online and or direct-to-consumer insurance providers. Uh, Almost 55% of the respondents answered that one. Um, and so that does seem to demonstrate some anxiety about the strength of the agency system, at least in regards to, um, you know, the kind of the traditional makeup of the agency, um, how, however, you know, personal lines, commercial lines, however it's distributed. Um, so there does seem to be some anxiety about that. And then the second one uh, uh, response to that one was um, attracting and uh, retaining talent. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought, I mean, it, I'm not surprised. I think talent is, um, <clears throat> it, you know, talent in the agency system is badly needed. And I, I've spoken pretty openly about this, that if, if a, oh, a, a, 
a younger person in a, a millennial or a Gen X or, um, or whoever, if they're looking to plant themselves in a career, they don't want to walk into an old school, uh, you know, kind of 1995 uh, style insurance agency. They want a modern agency, and unfortunately, they're not still not quite enough of them. So th that could be a problem. And I'm wondering if that problem will exacerbate itself uh, when companies, as in that transition is happening now, no longer uh, need to be remote, and and other uh, you know possible um, attractive. Uh, employers uh, can offer remote work. Yeah, I I think there's there are a couple of of things. Um, it's difficult to attract new talent, new graduates, because the the image of the insurance industry is pretty stodgy. Um, I think the industry needs to do a better job of selling itself and and explaining that um, its purpose is to help people when they need help. Of course, with all the current news about <laughs> lack of business interruption coverage, they're not endearing themselves <laughs> by any means. Um, yeah, but it's, well, it, right. You know, I, I'm sorry, I'd love to help you, but you didn't buy the coverage. Right. Which then, to me, begs the question of, well, this is where the business owners, and unfortunately it's going to be small to mid-sized businesses that are going to be hurt, really needed to partner more closely with their agents to say, here's my business, what do I need? How do I protect myself? What are the contingencies? And clearly very few people recognized pandemics as, as a potential right. business interruption loss. Right. Yeah. But, and, and from what we see, there are a lot of lawsuits being filed on potential. Well, maybe, maybe the virus is, we could find a pollution claim, maybe we can find some other claim. That, mm -hmm. That's yeah. aside from here, but it just points out, I think, that um, just buying insurance online doesn't necessarily answer all those questions, and you do, as a policyholder, especially in a business, have an obligation to call an agent and have a conversation with your trusted advisor, and if you don't get the answers you want, keep pushing till you so you understand what what is and isn't available. Um, so it's I think we may attract more entrance to the business mm -hmm. um, to the industry now as a result of the heightened awareness over COVID nineteen and pandemics right. and and understanding business interruption coverage generally because there are some concerns. You know, with civil unrest, if your business has been shut down, you right. need to know what your coverage is there. Fortunately, most policies do include that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I thought this was a fascinating question, and I thought the response to it was fascinating as well. The question was, how important to competitive success is digital delivery of insurance products? Now, I, off the top of my head, if I do quick math, and add moderately important, very important, and extremely important. I mean, it's it's running up, you know, around eighty percent or more, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I thought it was interesting. And now I I do have to wonder what the what agents are thinking when they say digital delivery of insurance products. Um, I don't know if you've got any more drill down on on uh, agents' perspective on that or not. Um. We were careful to define that term in the survey itself, mm -hmm. in the broader question, to explain uh, that we intended the term to mean the ability to provide either proof of car insurance while you were sitting in the dealer's office selling, signing the papers for right. your car, okay. uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know, um, in a digital certificate of insurance when you were buying your house, when you were doing anything else, the ability to have it immediately and accessible on a variety of devices. Well, I guess part of what I've wondered is, uh, is, is the agent or is the respondent thinking that, you know, what they're hoping for is like soup to nuts, like from the time somebody, uh, you know, um, requests a quote to the actual binding and issuing of the policy are are they thinking that um gosh wouldn't it be nice if that happened 
and, and uh, it didn't get touched by human hands. Do you, you think there's, you think that there's some of the, some of that thinking that well they're thinking, gosh, if Geico can do it, I have to be able to do it. There's there's some of that, and there's some of that expectation on the part of the buyer. But what what I think agents really want and buyers want is the ability for it to be seamless until I have a question or until I, the agent, need to ask you for more information because there's only so much you're going to be willing to tell me online. Right. Um, some of it, you know, is the, the survey didn't go in as much depth as we would have liked because we understand that there's survey, what we call <laughs> survey fatigue. Yeah, no, you, you know, asked a lot of questions. Number of questions. Yeah, okay. And right. there's, there's some of that when somebody's buying, too, you know, the... If I'm already your customer, I don't want to have to fill in too many blanks. But, you know, I'm I'm filling this out because something is changing in my life. So, you know, the if it can be seamless, I want it to be seamless from both sides. And, and if it can't be seamless, then there better, better be a good reason or a, a, um, a something solid for you to, to explain to me why it can't be. Right. Well, and I, uh, uh, so this is, this is a discussion I'd love to have with more agents in the room, a two-way conversation. Sure. Well, because, uh, you know, I, I think to some extent there, there perhaps was, and, and I've still seen it, still is the, shall I call it, a, a fantasy that if, if we could have just the super groovy, powerful tool, I could put it online in my webs, uh, on my website and m money would fall out of the sky into this website and show up in my bank account and, um, uh, and eliminate all that, you know, expensive touching with, uh, you know, human contact, right? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and and, and uh, so, you know, I, I, I certainly think there's strong arguments for the agency channel not to want that. Yes. But, uh, but, 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 but you know, know it, I think it, as you and I have talked about before, I think what helps a really solid agency is to remember that this is a, a relationship business and the relationship is more important, and technology is not the shiny object in the sky. To me, the better and faster InsureTech tools are the difference between a manual screwdriver and a power screwdriver, mm -hmm. but you still need somebody to put the screw in the wall and, you know, build whatever it is you're building. Um, so along those lines, I, I think that a... a a responsibility of the agency of agency leadership is to be good at technology. Just like uh, if I uh, if I hired a contractor to build a house or to remodel my house, if if they came in with manual tools, um, they wouldn't get the job, right? I'd send them home. <laughs> Probably. So, I mean, I think because they have they they have to know how to use the the most efficient. And oftentimes, the most efficient tools are also now the most effective tools. They don't only do the job faster, but they do the job better. And uh, and and technology is such an important part of industry today that while somebody may be thinking, "Gosh, I didn't sign up for this," right? It was uh -huh. you know painful enough that I bought an agency management system 15 or 20 years ago, and now there's this and this and this. Um, I, to some extent, I think. Um, Agent, agency leadership, principals, management, they need to they need to learn how to be comfortable with technology and and I don't know how else to say it, but they kind of have to get over the resistance and and get good at it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah. um, so so yeah, I was surprised that like twenty four percent of of the respondents said it was extremely important to for their success to have digital delivery of insurance products. And 32%, almost 33% said very important. And almost 28% said moderately important, right? Right. <laughs> and, and another 12% said slightly important. So like almost everybody, 95% of the industry say, and, and, and I am uh, to some extent wondering what they mean. Um, so you asked, uh, you asked some other questions about like their, uh, their current satisfaction with uh, so, for example, how satisfied are you 
with your current agency app. Now, uh, so presumably, in, in this case, what is the agency app referring to? Um, the is this a specific app that someone could download on a, on a mobile device. And the only agents who we weeded out whether okay. or not you had an app versus going directly to your agency website. You know, if you're, if you're on your phone, you can type in an, a website or you can just download an app from the um, iTunes okay. store for uh, your agency, your carrier, whoever. Got it. Okay. So the response is pretty mixed on that, right? Like uh, almost 40% neither satisfied nor dissatisfied. Right. Uh, 35% moderately satisfied, 9.4% uh, extremely satisfied, but then 12.2% moderately dissatisfied, and then it gets worse from there. Um, so yeah, it does seem that perhaps so far uh, we're, not, uh, we're not exceeding agency expectations with agency apps, right? Right. Um, then you asked, uh, does your agency extend its hours to support online transactions? About a quarter said yes and three quarters said no. So Yes, it, and I thought that was kind of interesting that, um, and perhaps some of that is, again, the perception that the technology ought to run itself, that I don't uh. need to have somebody <laughs> available. Yeah. At, at midnight Eastern time when somebody at 9 o'clock um, West Coast time or 6 o'clock in Hawaii decides they want to buy insurance from me mm -hmm. or they want to have me answer a question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think to some extent, and this is, uh, again, this uh, comes uh, from um, lots of anecdotes from the sales team, uh, lots of experience um, when I was selling technology that there were there was kind of a um oh an approach to purchasing technologies where it was kind of like a checkbox like okay need a website bought one check don't have to do anything with it again need marketing automation bought it check don't have to do anything with it again uh, and so on and so forth and and um obviously that's kind of like buying tools buying power tools and not doing anything with them again and not getting better at them again. So uh, it's 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 not just, I, I think it's not just that agents, a lot, not all, but not a lot of agents struggle with how to purchase, how to make decisions, but then they don't have, after the purchase, they don't necessarily have a, a good internal process for learning and mastering and getting better. And um, it, candidly, uh, you know, because agency revolution um, requires... Um, integration API with um, agency management systems. <laughs> right. Well, it was, it was sometimes stunning to see how poorly agency, so many agencies were using their agency management system and maybe they'd had it for 20 years. And, and one, they, they were misusing it for data input and two, they were really just scratching the surface on its capabilities. And so, um, you know, this isn't so much a question, but it's, it is an observation that this is an industry that if it is going to be modern and if agency principals want to run a modern insurance agency, they ha really have no choice but to get good at technology. And they, I think they need to get good at technology from two sides. One is, does the technology work on the back end for what you need it to do and to basically collect premiums and manage claims and issue policies um, or coverage certificates? and is it good on the front end for the customer experience? So, and realistically, in 2020, Amazon dictates what the ideal customer experience is. Not that your uh -huh. agency website should be Amazon, but right, right. that, especially after three months of pe people being stuck at home shopping online, um, <laughs> you better believe that they expect every website they interact with work like Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yes, there is an expectation that it delivers. Uh, well, Amazon delivers a lot, right? Right. Uh, right I mean, competitive pricing, <laughs> um, convenience of delivery, um, and uh, in a lot of ways, a, a really intimate experience, um, all of which in costs 
uh, billions of dollars of infrastructure. So <laughs> they said, right. uh, they, I mean, you know, clearly they set a very, very high standard. So agencies need to, I think, they need to identify what can we deliver and how can we effectively deliver that? Um, a lot. I really I think a lot. Um, so you would ask another question. What concerns do you have when it comes to serving your clients online? Okay. Well, the, the one question that more than half of the audience responded to positively, 56.4% uh, was data security and privacy compliance. Yes, and I was very happy to see that, that um, agents take the potential for data breaches very seriously. And I think that's, that's great. And, um, and I can understand if you're an agency owner being cautious about the technology you're going to implement because that's key. And you have a data breach, I think. Mm -hmm. The public is more understanding in some ways if it's a giant like Target or Home Depot, but maybe oh, but not goodness. so much right. if, it's yeah. you, if, it's a, if it's the small agency that they deal with regularly. They right. have a harder time with that. Right, and I certainly hope that when they sent computers and remote workers home that they went through a good security checklist to make sure that they were still secure. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> All right. So, sorry, had to jump in with that one. And That's and then okay. well, and then the second one, uh, response to that question: What concerns do you have when it comes to serving your clients online? Is losing control. What do you think that they meant by that? Um, losing control of the relationship yeah. okay, primarily, not just the transaction, but if you can do everything online, then you don't need me, or you don't need me as much. Right. Okay. Got it. I, I understand. I, I think, um, well, yeah, they, they, they should definitely stay away from not, not having, <laughs> not, well, um, so this is a robust discussion that we've had in the PIA, the uh, InsureTech Leadership Advisory Board, and I think it's gone well. Um, but I think, uh, you know, to a large extent, the committee is, you know, it, it, there are vendors on it and, and uh, agencies on it. And I think to some extent, and then I'm on it, no longer a vendor, um, an advisor. And I think to some extent, uh, what I saw happening was that people were seeing um, technology and insurance um, a as a way where you make insurance processes technologically driven so in other words you do all of the insurance stuff now more efficiently with technology and my position was that um, gosh I, I realize that most people are concerned about how to run an insurance agency I'm concerned about how to grow an insurance agency and so that's not just uh, the, the the insurance part I, I I think I think it's wise to look at technology in the insurance agency f as a business issue, not just a technology issue. And, uh, and that would be, that would mean from that first point of contact with the marketplace, long before somebody's a customer, long before you're processing policies and um, dealing with claims and, and, and so forth. But, but that whole part of the relationship is is just as important that when somebody when somebody finds you in the marketplace when they come closer to you perhaps they read your content perhaps they they they, they get on your email marketing list or they they uh, visit your website and explore resources and so on and so forth so i think i do think it's important that I, i'm sensitive to this issue of losing control um done well nobody has to I, that's the position i'll take done well nobody has to not if we run like a real agency yeah, um, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's just it's part of the the bigger picture, you know. And it's it running an agency, running a business, all of it is is a sort of a jigsaw puzzle, and it's just mm -hmm. another piece of the puzzle. And you have to ensure that they all work together. And um, I think your description is is perfectly apt. Okay. Uh, now a couple of interesting questions here. Would you be willing to take a reduced commission to bind policies online? Um, not a lot of support for that, <laughs> right? right? Okay. Um, and um, would you pay a commission to a digital insurer to buy 
uh, to bind policies online. Not a ton of support for that one either. Maybe a little bit more, but not a lot, right? I, I think that kind of follows on the questions we asked about their relationship, agent relationships with carriers, and talking about how the carriers competed with them via their online portal. And I think this finding policies online is almost related to that. Mm -hmm. um, several pointed out that commissions were reduced um, as technology came more into play, almost yeah. on the one agent said, every time there's new automation, the carriers want reduced commissions since our job is, quote, easier, and we can now write more business, mm -hmm. unquote. Yeah. So the perception seems to be, on both sides, that um, technology is, again, taking something out of the equation that was there before, and maybe the replacement isn't as good, certainly not for the agent, from the agent's perspective, as as it was when you didn't just do everything in a touchless way. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's another series of questions that I think, uh, well, they're just interesting, and I want to take a look at these for a moment. These have less to do with technology and more to do with the people who are responding to the survey. Um, so the first one is how many years have, worked, have you worked in the PNC insurance industry and, um, well, close to 70%, 60, about 68%, more than 20 years. Now, do you think that's representative of, of the, oh, because well, we were generally going to principles, mostly, right? Mm -hmm. um, so maybe, maybe that's, I, I don't know, is that representative of, of, the, of agency principles that they've been in, in the job for 20 years or more? Okay. Yes, and the age group for most of those was right. between 50 and 59, <clears throat> which is down somewhat from previous years where the agency principals tended to be more in the 65 and over. Mm -hmm. So I think we're seeing the millennial generation, which turns 50 this year, so I understand the, the breakdowns. Um, oh, did they turn 50 this year? I think so. Okay. I think that's the way they break down. I'd, right. have to, I'd have to go look, okay. but it's okay. my understanding that millennials are or or, or Gen Xers, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah. So now this is interesting. Uh, so I've got the I've got the numbers to this one in front of me. Uh, Sixty uh, twenty five percent were sixty five and older. Mm -hmm. Nineteen percent were sixty to sixty four, and almost thirty two percent were fifty oh. to fifty nine. So. That's still, that's, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> okay. I mean, admittedly, the, you know, uh, it, it takes, often takes a while to uh, gain the seat of being an agency principal, but it's not, this is not a young industry. No, the, no. And um, the problem is, I think, that there are growing numbers of colleges and universities with programs in risk and insurance, but they tend to place their graduates or their graduates tend to gravitate towards larger insurance organizations, whether it's carriers or large brokers like Willis Towers Watson, Marsh McLennan, or Bachton. Um, they uh -huh. most aren't necessarily going to go look for an agency to work for. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We didn't ask the question this time, but in in the conversations we've had with agents before, most of them have are running an insurance agency because it was in the family, um, or right. they they knew somebody and that's how they got the job. You know, what was your first job out of college? I mean, I remember being a college senior and getting recruiting emails from all the life insurance companies saying, "Don't you want to come sell life insurance?" <laughs> um, you know. Hey, I, I still get those messages on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I think it's the independent agencies are, are skewing older, and I think it's also a reflection of a question we asked the last two years. We didn't cover as much this year, but what's your succession plan? And many small agencies, 5, 10, 15, 20 people, the agency principal doesn't really have one. Um, if you're 50 to 59, you're not necessarily looking at retirement or what if. Mm -hmm. um, 
so I, I think that's kind of expressed here that the agency owners and producers are still there. And if they are thinking about succession, we've talked about the talent gap in recruiting people. Um, as I said, it's not necessarily attractive to new graduates from colleges, but I don't necessarily think the industry is doing as well as it could to look for people making mid-level career changes, people mm -hmm. coming out of the military, right. people with disabilities, you know, the a broader talent, making a concerted effort to the broader talent pool. And I know they're making great strides, but yeah. it, I think on within within carriers, definitely, there's a huge diversity and inclusion right. mission. But I I don't know that smaller agencies are are thinking that way. It just I I yeah, don't think it's anything not. deliberate. I think it's just we just didn't occur to them. Yeah. Okay. So Rosalie, if you uh, if you took all this data that you've retrieved from the agency force and um, you know put it put it through your you know put it through your your analytical computer you know and 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 wanted to churn out like a, a few. Um, kind of so what's right like uh, like these are conclusions that you that guys you really need to pay attention to what are the messages that you'd want to deliver to the leadership of the agency channel uh, I think the biggest thing that I would say to the agents in the agency channel is to understand the changing demographics of where you live. If you're in many big cities, uh -huh. people are young professionals, younger people, whatever their their jobs are, are delaying buying homes. They're delaying getting married. They're delaying having children. In some places, with Uber, you don't have to buy a car. So. Your ability to serve that demographic is probably going to have to be a lot more creative than you've traditionally had to be. As, as those younger people move into different life events, having children, buying a house, moving to a different location, adding a teenage driver, they're going to need you more. So look at the data available to you from Department of Motor Vehicles if if you have access to that mm -hmm. or, or whatever, yeah. but just you need to recognize the demographics are changing and you need to think differently. I think insurance buyers still need trusted advice, and once they understand the advice you can bring and how you can save them money or the first time they have a claim, if you've saved them and made sure they had the right coverage, so they're with you for life. Right. So I think it's don't despair, don't give up. You are still valuable to insurance buyers. I think you just need to look at the buyers differently and really understand who they are and what they're looking for. Okay. Um, and then in addition to that, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll ask the same question. What would you say in regards to agents and technology? Like if there's a, like a, 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 big, a big lesson or a big message that came out of this survey, what would you say? Technology is complicated. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be plug and play, but if you you really need to take the time, step back and find the right technology that works for your agency. And if you don't take the time to do that, then I think you're always going to be playing catch up. You're um, always going to feel that a competitor is a step ahead, which they may very well be. And I think you're always going to be dissatisfied that this doesn't quite work. And um, I read this great business book a few years ago. I don't remember the contents very well, but the names, I think, says it all, and it says it in so, for so many different things. The title is, If You Don't Have Time to Do It Right, When Will You Have Time to Do It Over? <laughs> right. Okay. Well, so I think I think what you're saying, it's a, it's a really good argument because uh, – Agents, agents are busy. Agency principals are busy, um, and uh, the, you know the, we, the time tends to be filled up, um, you know, often with uh, 
kind of legacy habits, right? The stuff that we did, the right. way we acted five years ago or 10 years ago, it's, it's remarkable that people still act that way now, even though, gosh, the whole world around us has changed. Um, and so we probably need to change the manner in which we use our time. And, and frankly, yeah, my most successful clients, the most successful agents that I've interviewed in this series, uh, they they, uh, they did make a mindset shift always. And I think now it's that mindset shift is it's non-optional behavior. And that really is going from um, identity as an insurance agent and all of the things that that implies and all of the time that that requires to identity as an entrepreneur or as I'd call them, an insurerpreneur. And, and, and what that means uh, in terms of not just being a good insurance technician, but really being a business builder, building systems, building processes. And so, uh, and so then when we explore technologies, which is going to take some time, it, it's not as if it's, you're taking time away from your job. It's a critical part of your job. Absolutely. And I think the other key portion to that is really understanding as an agent and as an agency owner what do I want this technology to do for me? Mm -hmm. How much or how little do I need? And how much do I want to build in to be able to expand? So maybe today I'm a smaller agency and I have, uh, I say I'm new and I have a $5 million book of business. So I want something that works for me today, but I want to be able to use that or know what steps I have to take when I grow the agency to 10 million or 20 million. Right. Okay. Got it. Very good. Uh, well, Rosalie, um, before we're done, um, tell, if, if people have specific questions about the survey or if they wanted to reach out to you, I, and I realize that, you know, the last thing you need is, is a bunch of phone calls. So I'm not going to ask for that, but, um, what's what's the best way that they can find out, you know, more about PC360 or what have you? Um, first of all, go to the website, propertycasualty360.com. Uh -huh. um, we do ask you to register. It's registration's complimentary, but it helps us get a better sense of who our readers are, what role they play in the industry, so we can make sure we have the best content for you. Or you can send me an email at rdonlon, D-O-N-L-O-N, at alm.com. Okay. Uh, Rosalie, as always, uh, was a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate you um, sharing your time with us today. Thank you. It was great. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.